You know, it's amazing to me that God has chosen you and me to be His people, His church, to make the difference in the world in which we live, to be the example of grace and holiness and mercy, to just pour out Himself into your life and into my life and those of us who trust Him as Lord and Savior of our lives, and to cause us to become together a family, a building. And as Paul continues to speak to us through the book of Ephesians in chapter 2 and verses 19 and through 22 this morning, we're going to look at those verses. He, he just brings together some of the things that he's been saying all along and the wonder of what it is and who we are and what it means to be able to be the very people of God and all that's involved in that. And so I want you to stand with me as we read these verses and and I hope you always pay attention to the Word of God and listen to it. Whether you listen to me or not, you need to listen to this book and the words that are spoken in it. But this morning, listen very carefully to the words as they're a part of what it means. We need to see what it is exactly that God is saying about us and what it is that's going on. Beginning in verse 19, the Scripture says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple of the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as I think about those words and the more I read them, the more overwhelmed I become with the reality that, of who we're supposed to be, what it means that you indwell us. I pray that, Father, somehow this morning that you might just take that which we've known for so long and that which is so familiar and common to us and make it uncommon and unfamiliar. So that it becomes almost like it's brand new. Like we've not heard it. Like it's something that just grips our mind and our imagination and takes hold of our heart and, and just begins to draw us up into the wonder and the awesomeness and the majesty and the holiness and, and the greatness of the God that we serve and the work that is beyond description that you're performing in each of our lives who know you and what you would like to do in every life of those who don't know you. Father, what an amazing thing it is that you are doing in this world through your people. And we're a part of that. And I pray this morning that you would just help us to grasp that, and the fullness of it and the significance of it, and allow us, Father, to just believe who we are and to allow that to make a difference in the city in which we live and the things that we do, the people that we're around. Father, let us be the church. For that's who we are. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for God for just just thank you God for this. I, I you know I'm not a I'm not a builder. Uh, I wish I was. There's a lot of things I'd like to build, but I, I'm not. I mean, if I built something, I, in fact, a few years ago, I decided I needed some planters to put uh, to grow the garden. I can't grow a garden at my house because all the gophers and moles eat all the vegetables and all the fruit and all the roots and everything, and so it doesn't work. So I need to put it in something. For it to grow. Well, I had a bunch of old scrap wood, crates, 
different things that were there, and I tried to put them together, and I had great success with the garden. But I had the ugliest containers that have ever been built in the history of just, it was pathetic. I think the garden just grew out of pity for me <laughs> because it was so bad. I can't build. But God, you see, God is a master builder. And he can take pieces that don't fit, that have no value and no use whatsoever to anyone else. And by his grace and by his mercy, he can put together an amazing structure of the holiness of God, the grace of God. That's what Paul's talking about. See, he says what we once were, and he's talked about that a lot in these scriptures. He says what we once were were aliens and strangers. We were separated from God. We didn't have a relationship with God. We had no way of knowing God. We, couldn't, we had no hope of being in right relationship with Him because our sin had separated us from God and caused us not to be able to be a people of God, not to be able to have a relationship with God, but just to be strangers and aliens, wandering through life without hope, without direction, without purpose, with no idea of what the end could result in except that the Scripture tells us that those who, who never come to the realization of who they are without Christ find themselves forever walking down a road that leads to total destruction for all eternity. But those who get off of that path through Jesus Christ find themselves, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what kind of life they've lived, no matter what they may be in their own eyes or in the eyes of other people, it doesn't matter. God takes all the pieces of our lives, all the things that we are, and the Bible tells us that even though we were estranged from Him, we were separated from Him through Jesus Christ, now we are one in Him as a people of God. That he has made us right with him again through Jesus Christ. That he has restored the relationship that we broke, but he has reconciled us to him through Jesus Christ so that we're back in a relationship to him so that we're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. We're no longer separated from God, but now we're one with him through Jesus Christ. We are a part of the family of God, the household of God, the Bible says. What an amazing thing that we are the people in whom God dwells. The Bible teaches you and teaches me, if we read it correctly, that we who know the Lord Jesus Christ are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that we have Him living within us. We have the very fullness of God dwelling in us forever and always because of what He did for us in Jesus Christ. And when we come together, the Bible says that we are fitted together as living stones in order that we might be the very temple of the living God. And so when you and I gather together, when we come together like this in worship and being a part of it, we are the church. Now, you have a beautiful facility here, and, and we could think back and all the work that was put into it and every brick that was laid piece by piece, every piece of wood that was put in it, all the different facilities that were here, all the different aspects of it, the color, the stained glass windows, everything took time. Everything was put together and being a part of it. And we call it the church. But it's a building. It's a building. It's a nice building. But it's not the church. You're the church. And you and I need to keep that in mind and understand that we are the church. 
We're the people of God. We're the, in, the people in whom he dwells, in whom he is, inhabits. Now he tells us when we come together as a people of God and we join our hearts and our praise together that he inhabits the praise of his people, that he fills this place with the wonder of who he is because he dwells within us and he, he erupts in praise and joy for us because, you see, God rejoices over you being a child of God. It brings God pleasure. The Bible tells us when you and I come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of our life, and we acknowledge that as fullness and true, that all of heaven rejoices. There's a party that goes on in heaven to rejoice over that. God is, is excited when people join into the family of God, when they become a part of the household of God, when we allow ourselves to be one of those people that are fitted into the household of God. See, the structure, he says, the foundation was laid through the prophets and through the apostles as they spoke the gospel, as they taught what Jesus taught. And Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the main part of the building. Every other aspect of the building is built off of his structure, off of his line. Every teaching, every truth, everything that we know relies upon the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did for us. And we build upon him, but upon his corner. He's solid. He's foundational. He, nothing can move him. Nothing can move him, structure, no earthquake no storm, nothing can ever move the him and we are unmovable in Jesus Christ because we are a part of the building in which he is the chief cornerstone. And he's building us, the Bible says, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, if you were to turn over there, you would read about the fact that Peter reminds us that you and I are living stones being fitted together in order that we might be the very place of worship, that we might be the priest, that we might be those, the royal kingdom of God's people, that we might be those in whom the whole world can look and see God is alive. God is real. God can make a difference in the lives of people as he takes our lives and he moves and he works and he does all the many different things that goes about and what's being a part of the things that are happening in our lives. He's a part of that. So he takes every one of us, every piece. It doesn't matter whether we're long or short, whether we're round or square. It doesn't matter whether we're triangles or whatever shape we may be. We may be such an odd shape they hadn't even found a name for it yet. It doesn't matter. God takes every single one of us and doesn't just fit it together so there's gaps here and there's gaps there and, it's, you know, it's, well, it's there to get. No, it's perfectly fit together. In 1 Kings chapter 6, the Bible reminds us that all the stones that were used to build the temple were cut out in the quarry. And all the work that was done on them, all the hammering, all the chiseling, all the sanding, all the stuff that had to be done in order for them to be a part of the temple were done in the quarry. But once they got finished with that, they were taken to the side in which the building was going to be, and there they fit perfectly together. And not a hammer, not a chisel, nothing was heard in the building of that building because everything had been fitted perfectly. That's what God's doing in our lives. Every single day, every moment of our life, God is working in you and working in me, fitting us together so that we form wonderfully that temple of God. And God is pleased with the wonder of what's going on. You see, when people see us gathered together like this, whether they believe in God, it doesn't matter. God is, is exhibiting His grace. God is exhibiting His mercy. God is showing a world around that what He can do with anyone and everyone who's willing to put their life in His hands, He can take them, fit them perfectly into that form of the body of Christ, the, the family of God, and bring about the work of God in such a way that God's grace is being shown over and over, multiplied throughout the world. And every single time someone puts their faith in Christ and trusts Him as Lord and Savior, they become one of the living 
stones that are being put into place to bring this holy temple of God into a place that you and I can be. We are the habitation of God. We need to keep that in mind, folks. God lives in you if you are a child of God. And wherever you go, there he is. And so we have a responsibility, not just to act like good people on Sunday morning when we gather together and act like we're good Christians and we dress right and we act right and we say the right things and we do the right things. No, we're to be the building, the church, the living work of God of grace and mercy everywhere we go and everything we do and every place we are a part of with every people that we're around, we are to continually be allowing His grace, His mercy to be seen in our lives so that the people may know that God can do great and mighty things. I mean, if He can take someone like me and work out His grace and His mercy and He can give me salvation and He can give me the ability to be the very child of God, He can allow me to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that one day I will stand in the presence of the living God, the creator of all the universe, and He will look upon me and say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. And He can do that in anybody's life. And He does it to everybody and anybody that will say yes. I received the grace of God. Yes, I'll accept what God did for me in Christ Jesus and being a part of that. We are the habitat of God. We are the building of God. And he's working in your life, in my life, to build a grace of mercy and show to a world around us. See, he, he, he uses us throughout the world today, all over this world, in every country, even those countries that want to deny the, the lack of the non-existence of God, who want to say it's not possible to have a God, who want to make up their own philosophies, their own religions, their own cults, their own ways. of Even in those places, God is almighty. And God is living. And in those places, there are people, even when they're forced underground, there are people who are saying, God's grace has made me a part of the building of God. And you and I in this place, in Quanta, Texas, are a part of a building of those who are in, in Kenya and those who are in Brazil and those who are in Korea and those who are in Russia and those who are wherever they may be. They are all together part of the building of God if they have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about being a Christian, a part of a Christian denomination or a Baptist denomination or a Methodist denomination or whatever it may be that you choose to be a part of. It's about being a part of Christ. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. And when we, as His children, trust Him, and then we're going to be in fellowship with one another. We're going to have a hunger and a longing to be together with God's people. We're going to need to meet with one another and be with one another. We're not going to be those kind of people who sit off to the side and say, I don't need church. It's irrelevant. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't mean things today. I don't need to be a part of the household of God. You're wrong. You're listening to Satan. You're not listening to God. Every single child of God should be in church and should be among Bible studies, should be a part of what's going on because we are fitted together by the grace of God. And it matters. What does it say to a lost world when I call myself a Christian and I live just like they do? And there's nothing about me any different than there is about them. Well, it says that Christ isn't real and God doesn't matter. There's supposed to be something in my life that's different. That's what he said. We once were strangers. They're still strangers if they don't know Christ. They're still alienated. 
They're not part of the household of God. They're not part of what God is doing. But they need to see the reality of what God has done in your life and in my life. They need to understand that the, what He has done in my life and in your life is something that He can do in their life as well. And He can fit them into the whole body, into the whole place. But they need to see the fullness of that in the context of our faithfulness to God, of our willingness to be used of God, of our willingness to let God take our lives and make a difference in the world in which we live as we are His body. We are his church. We are part of what God wants to do. We're the habitation of God. See, when we come into this place, we come, I pray, with a desire in our heart to meet with God and to have God speak into our hearts those things that we need for now, for the days ahead, whatever it may be, but we want to feel the power and the presence of God in our life. We want to know he's going to walk with us and be with us. We need to hear his message in our lives. That message may come through music. It may come through prayer. It may come through communion. It may come through testimony. It may come through a message, a sermon. It may come through a Bible study in Sunday school. It may come just through the encounter of one-on-one with brothers and sisters in Christ. But God has something to say to every one of us because we are his people inhabited by his grace and filled with his love, and we are to be one together as the household of God. And he's building it one by one. See, each one of you are a vital of the building of God every one of you matter so much and have so much value in God's eyes and so much worth and he wants to fit you together with all the rest so that all of us see perfectly and wonderfully what it is to be a part of God's family the building that he's building that houses his mercy and his grace and his miraculous power, and his forgiveness, and his hope, and his love, and his strength, and his wisdom, and all that he is, is being shown in your life. As you allow yourself to be brought together as one in Christ. The fullness, he says, of God dwells within us. It, 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 it amazes me. I... I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to get a hold of it. But I, I just need us to, under, to take hold this morning and think about it together that we are together, one, in Christ. We're different. We face life different. We deal with life differently. We all have different life circumstances in our life. And yet, by the grace and the mercy of God, we're one. We're one. We are the habitat of God. He lives here among us, in us, through us. And it's as we allow ourselves to understand that, to grab a hold of that, to believe that, and we carry the church into the community, into the world, that they are able to see how great and mighty is our God because of what he's done in our lives. And what he can do in their lives is, uh, is seen by what he's done in us. And so we give them hope. We give them purpose. We give them a possibility that no matter what they're dealing with in their life, there's something better, something more that they can have a hold of through Jesus Christ. And we hold up that mercy and we hold up that grace and we stand as living examples of what God can do, has done, and will keep on doing. Because the Bible says he doesn't quit. He keeps on and brings what he starts to a finish. 
What an amazing work God does in us. Every one of us fitted together perfectly by the grace of God. Everyone here has this different story. And just in case no one's told you recently, your story matters. Your story's important. And God loves you. And God wants you to know that. Don't ever, ever listen to the world when they tell you you don't matter. When they tell you you don't have any worth. When they tell you you're not significant. Don't listen to them. You listen to God. And God says, I value you so much, I put my son up on the cross to die for you, to pay for your sins, to cover you with mercy and grace, and to make you be able to once again be brought into my family so that I might call you my very children and give you all the fullness of God. Every room in the house of God is accessible to you and to me. There are no secret rooms. There are no locked doors. There's no places that you and I can't go. We can come boldly before the throne of God. We can see all the inhabitants of heaven all joined together with the saints. That means every person that's ever been born in Christ from the beginning to whatever day that end may be all together. The household of God. What a wondrous brotherhood and sisterhood we have. What a great thing it is to know. To know. You and I are are the building of God. He he lives here. He lives in you. He lives in me. You you, you see, he took your life, if you know him as Lord and Savior, no matter what, what it was like before you came to know him, he took your life, he covered it with grace and mercy, and he fits you in as a living stone into the body, the temple, the holiness of God, and he made you an example of grace and mercy, and he made you a picture of love and all the forgiveness and all the things that are there, and he said, you are a perfect fit for my kingdom. You are a perfect fit for my building. You are a perfect fit for my family because of grace. Grace, God has done that for you and for me. Again, whether you hear anything else I say, hear that you matter to God. And that he has poured out his grace and his mercy upon you so that you'd no longer be a stranger, you'd no longer be alienated, you'd no longer be an outcast but that you could be brought into the oneness of the family of God with all the saints. Being built upon the foundation of the gospel, the truth, the eternal truth, with the foundation of the cornerstone of the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things that were made were made, through whom all things that exist exist and are upheld, He It's the cornerstone. And you and I need to understand that means this building is being built perfectly, fitted together perfectly. And that's who we are. And when we go out of this place today and every time we leave this place or wherever we go, we go as the church. We go as the habitat of God. And through us, 
The message of all eternity is being proclaimed. God so loved that he gave. That he gave. Would you pray with me? Father, I, I confess, I, I don't know how to talk about what it means to be the church and all the wonder and the, the miraculous, astonishing awesome words and ideas and thoughts that are about to realize that, that you take people like me and, and, and you take the sin in our lives and you, and you just erase it from our hearts and our lives and you redeem us and you give us cleanness and purity and holiness and you wipe away all those things that would condemn us so that we can stand uncondemned for all eternity before you and you place us into the household of God, into the family of God, fitted together with every other person that's had that experience of grace in their lives so that by one, by one, by one, by one, throughout time, throughout eternity, you're building a structure of holiness before God, a holiness before all the world that they may see that no matter what direction they may choose to go, no matter what faith they may choose to have or religion they may follow, what cult they may follow, there is only one household of God and it is fitted together by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. God, I pray that we'll understand who we are, that we'll, we'll take it seriously, that we are the church. We are the mystery Paul's going to talk about even further more when we get further into the book of Ephesians. We, we are that which you have revealed to a world about what you've been about ever since the beginning. God, let us live like the church. Let us understand that we are the people of God. and Let it make a difference in the way we affect those around us but also let it make a difference in the way we relate to one another, that we do so in love and compassion and forgiveness and patience, that we walk together in the harmony of the Spirit of God. The world desperately is seeking hope, grace, Mercy, life, light, and all those things exist and dwell through you, by you, in your people. May we go out into the world and be the church, I pray in Christ's name, amen.